In today's show, another young Badgers basketball player is in the portal. Is this something we should have seen coming? And how big of an impact will this be for the Badgers program? We'll talk about all that and more on today's Locked On Badgers. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Badgers, your daily source for everything that's happening with the Wisconsin Badgers sports landscape. I am Ryan, joining you as always. This is a solo show today. Uh, due to travel, I'm actually in Cuba right now recording. Justin and the logistics, we just can't make it work. So we should have a full power lineup out to you tomorrow. Lots to talk about on today's show, including uh, mock draft season, another badger in the portal, and is the slow start to the recruiting season for football something that we should be concerned about? Thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Badgers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Today's show is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, let's jump into segment one. Uh, the biggest news in the moment Ben Carlson. The redshirt freshman forward, uh, former pretty highly thought of recruit, has entered the portal, right? Joining Matthew Moores as the second Wisconsin Badgers player to enter the portal. Is this something that we should be surprised about? I'm going to, I have to tell you, I, I think it's surprising, right? I think it's somebody that we thought certainly didn't necessarily think was going to leave because there's a lot of playing time available next year, right? He's walking away from almost certainly a, a top level reserve position. But I also don't think, and this is just my take now with Justin on the show, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Like, I really don't think Ben Carlson is that big of a loss. And I want to be super clear when I say that. Uh, I'm talking very much just about the product on the court. Like, I think Ben's probably a great guy. We've heard nothing character-wise that's negative about him. So this is not any type of personal attack. But at the end of the day... I just don't think what we've seen on the court is going to end up translating to a really high-level basketball player. You know, on the season, 1.6 points per game, two rebounds. He shot point, he shot 5% from, from three, 5%. And again, he's young. The book isn't written on the final product of what Ben Carlson can be. And I think I might be on the show. I know Justin's a little higher on him than I am. And we had a Twitter listener reach out to us as well, who was a little higher on him, especially athletically. Um, I'm not going to throw his name out there because he was in a DM and I don't know if he wants his name out there, but I don't even think athletically Ben Carlson is somebody that really translates to a high ceiling player. You know, maybe his ultimate ceiling, I've talked about this before, is potentially, if anyone remembers Keaton Ankeville, right? And I think that might be the, the top tier of what Ben Carlson can end up giving you. And that's a good player. Nankeville was a good player, you know, uh, somebody who, who brought eight to 10 points a game was okay on the boards. But I think it's the ceiling for Carlson, right? I'm not even sure if he gets to that point. So I just don't think it's that big of a loss. And frankly, the interesting thing is this actually might end up being a net gain for Wisconsin. And again, I'm not I'm not trying to, to crush Ben Carlson here, but it opens up another scholarship for a team that, quite frankly, desperately needs it. You know, next year you have this core of, of Hepburn, of Wall, of Crow. You really kind of need three or four pieces to put around those guys. And I don't think even the most ardent Ben Carlson guy, I don't think if they're ready to buy into Ben Carlson stock next year, right? Like I don't think if Ben Carlson, I don't think Ben Carlson next year is going to be a really big player. I think he's a couple years out. So to me, this gives us another scholarship to target a wing player, a guard, a backup center, a power forward. I mean, it's going to depend a little bit on where wall ends up, but this really could wind up being a pretty good thing for Wisconsin and Ben Carlson, by the way, obviously it, we don't, want players here that aren't comfortable, right? I mean, this could be a win-win is what I'm saying. Like, we definitely want the best for Ben, ben Carlson. He's been once a Badger, always a Badger. We always say that. 
right? So we want him to find a successful spot. And it also opens up an avenue for this to be a successful spot for Wisconsin. Um, so where does that do? You know, a, a show ago, we talked about what are the transfer needs for Wisconsin. And we really kind of honed in on guard. Need some type of shooting guard, somebody who can generate secondary playmaking, hit jumpers, spread the defense, kind of fill into Brad Davidson's minutes a little bit, provide insurance in case Lauren Bowman can't come back. Well, now you you absolutely, with Vogt gone, with Carlson gone, with Matthew Moore's also leaving, who might have figured into next year, you desperately also need front court depth. You know, even if it's probably a four and a five, you need somebody to fill in those minutes off the bench. So this definitely creates another hole um, in the transfer market where Wisconsin's going to have to be active and they're going to have to hit on players, right? You, you can't just land three guys. And if, if they don't play, if they don't hit on players this, this offseason, it's going to be a big problem going into next year. So it's going to be on guard. It's going to be on its staff. It's going to be on uh, Krabenhoff and Chambliss, you know, to really come through and hit on these targets. But the playing time's there. In, this is a, a, a team with a couple really good young pieces, and you would think you'd be able to sell that combination of playing time, of winning success, of Big Ten basketball to a lot of players in the transfer portal, and there's a lot of them out there. The other thing that's interesting that I wanted to hit on with this is for the longest time, we looked at teams like Kentucky, who were the one-and-done players, right? And I think a lot of Badger fans felt that I, I wouldn't want to root for that type of program. Right, that type of program that always has a new player every year, and you're never really attached to that player. You never see them their career grow and their career progress. The interesting thing with where we are in the new landscape of college basketball is all the teams are now becoming some degrees of one and done players, right? And what I mean by that is it's a different type of one and done. But now Wisconsin, Iowa, all these all these schools are going to be rating the MAC. They're going to be rating Division Two, and they're going to be getting kids who have a year or two left of eligibility to come. It's the inverse of Kentucky. Instead of getting the five-star high school kid who leaves in a year, we're going to get the developed three-star college kid who leaves in a year. It's going to be a very interesting adjustment for fans to kind of get into this, right? Because I think every year we'll have the potential of one or two guys leaving the program, and we've seen that. And I think every year we're going to have the potential of two or three players coming in that we're not used to. A Steven Vogt, a Jacoby Neath, right? Vogt's already gone. We got him for one year and he was a successful transfer. He provided depth and muscle off the bench. The team would not have been as good this year without him. That That is what we would call a successful transfer. And we're going to have to get used to that. We're going to need two or three for this upcoming cycle. And that doesn't always mean a one and done. Obviously, Jacoby Neath is coming in with a couple years of eligibility, but a lot of times it's going to be almost for lack of a better term, a mercenary that comes in and just augments the core pieces of your team. It's a very interesting era of college football or college basketball we find ourselves in. I mean, college football as well, obviously, is, is similar, but college basketball to more of a degree. Um, yeah, so Ben Carlson is gone. Unfortunately, you know, they don't all work out. I think when he came in, the expectations were pretty high. There was a thought that he would be a, a little better shooter than he's shown for sure. And then he suffered, you know, both him and Crowell had some injuries last year that, that set him back. And to be fair, they probably haven't had the chance to fully develop and show what they could be. Uh, we'll definitely be following along where he goes. But yeah, another spot is opened up on the transfer portal for Wisconsin. And it's going to be really interesting to see where they go with that. Coming up next, we're going to jump into mock draft season. Three big-time Big Ten prospects. Who do you think is the best out of the group? You a Davis guy, an Ivy guy, or a Keegan Murray guy? We'll get into that next. But first, Athletic Greens, one of our favorite sponsors of the show. This is the time to really invest in your health, to really take time and, and be um, very very purposeful with how we're going to take care of our bodies. 
Athletic Greens is one of the things I've started using for that. I definitely wanted something that gave me a little bit more immune system. I have two kids, something that, that keeps me healthy. Athletic Greens has been one of my go-to weapons for this, right? So Athletic Greens has 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, everything to help you start your day right. You just mix it into water. It's super simple. It's something that's lifestyle-friendly, keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, whatever you want. Um, Athletic Greens fits that. It costs you less than $3 a day, cheaper than that cold brew habit you have. And let's see, they are, for every purchase, they are donating money to No Kid Goes Hungry in the U.S., right? We're feeding over 1.2, are donating over 1.2 million meals to kids in 2020. And to make it easy, they're going to give you a taste of what they've got. Athletic Greens is going to give you one year free supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash college. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash college to take ownership over your health. Pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Today's show is also brought to you by Stat Hero. And again, everybody loves March Madness. I love March Madness, but my bracket is busted. And that doesn't mean the fun has to end. Stat Hero picks up where that bracket is busted with NCAA Pick'em Contest. Anyone can take uh, a bracket busted now and then start mixing players, lineups. Stat Hero gives you control back from the handicappers who always seem to have the advantage. They give you different types of players and you can pick players to match up against those. It's their pickup games where they have dozens of lineups you comb through and you can take head-to-head players. It gives you rooting interest even after the bracket's gone. This is next level stuff. If you haven't used it yet, you're missing out. Um, This is what daily fantasy is meant to be. It's a sleek gameplay. It's simple to use. You'll be playing within minutes. It doesn't take you long and you have all the control. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash badgers. Use the promo code for 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash badgers for a 100% match. Stathero.com slash badgers. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you again for making Locked On Badgers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so here, here's something that I find really interesting and I want to jump into. It is mock draft season. There's only a couple teams still playing. Most of the high-level prospects are out. If you look at mock drafts now, you have three elite Big Ten wing slash guard slash forward prospects, right? It's Keegan Murray, excuse me, Jaden Ivey, and Johnny Davis. And if you look at the mock drafts, it's, it's almost universal that Jaden Ivey is picked within the top five. So he's the first out of that group. And then typically it's Keegan Murray around seven, eight, nine. And then our boy Johnny Davis around 8, 9, 10. I did find a mock. I think it was NBC Sports that had Johnny Davis ahead of Keegan Murray. But typically the order is Jaden Ivey, Keegan Murray, Johnny Davis. And I kind of wanted to just throw my thoughts out there and kick it to you guys. Please hit us up on Twitter. Send us an email. Let us know if you agree or how you would rank those three players. Where do you rank them if you're an NBA GM? Are you taking Ivy Murray, Davis? Or are you going Davis, Ivy Murray? Here's where I would go. And this is only my thoughts. I, I think Justin's a little higher on Davis than I am and a little lower on Ivy. And again, I, I want to point out that we're Wisconsin guys. Like we have biases. I love Johnny Davis. I've already said when the next year's NBA uh, sports cards come out, I'm going to pick up two or three Johnny Davis autographed rookies. I recommend you guys do the same. Treat them like a stock. I'm going to buy those and sit on them because I believe in Johnny Davis's mentality. That being said, I think he has holes in his game. And I, I totally understand and agree with uh, a lot of the prognosticators and a lot of the mock drafts ahead of Ivy, clearly ahead of him. Ivy just has an athletic gear that Davis doesn't have, right? So when we watch Davis, we see him take a lot of tough shots, a lot of contested mid-range shots. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that, right? No, nothing in basketball and sports and life is, is in, 
black and white, 100% simple. There's context in all this, right? Johnny Davis is getting bad shots partially because he doesn't have a ton of help around him, right? He's getting doubled up pick and rolls. People are really shifting attention to him. But he's also getting tough shots because he lacks that explosive gear that Jaden Ivey has to get to the rim. It's not just that defenses are focused on him. I think it's also partially because he has a little hole in his game where he's not an elite athlete. At the NBA level, that's going to be tough on Johnny Davis. It's not It's not something he can overcome. He's obviously, he has a great work ethic. He has a great mentality. And he's shown he can hit tough shots. But I think there's a potential issue there that people have honed in on where Johnny Davis, for, for all of the things he can do well, struggles to generate consistent good looks. And then you also talk about the fact that he's shooting 30% from three this year, which in the NBA level as a guard, he's he's going to have to play guard at the NBA level as a 6'5 guy. That's a that's a red flag, shooting 30%. So will he get better at that? Possibly. Uh, is the book written on that? Absolutely not. But if you could take Ivy, who's a better athlete and is shooting better from three, more explosive, probably has a higher, higher ceiling because of the athleticism, I think that's the right move. So then you really get into Keegan Murray versus Johnny Davis. And this one's interesting to me. Keegan Murray... Uh, the Iowa forward is is really balanced, right? Very across the board. I, I don't think he has a lot of warts. Uh, averaged 23, 9, and, and shot almost 40% from three this year. So incredibly productive. He's a guy who I think if you were to take bets on these three out of uh, Murray, Ivy, and Davis, who is the safest player to have like a, a successful 10 to 12-year career? I think it's Keegan Murray. I think he is the absolute safest player. I saw a comp on him, uh, an Al Horford comp, and not really Al Horford in the exact gameplay. Horford being more of a post, but Al Horford in the sense that um, a player who's really, really above average in a bunch of different categories, but not really elite in any one of them. And it just makes you a safe player. I think Murray's a guy who's going to be able to play almost right away. He's going to space the floor. He's going to provide a lot of a lot of intangible things that are completely necessary at the NBA level. Then you get into Davis. Davis is really interesting. Um, I, I talked a little about some of the wards, but let me tell you about some of the reasons I think Davis should go ahead of Keegan Murray. We talked about the lack of consistent threats around Johnny Davis at Wisconsin. I think it hurt him this year. He's going to go to an NBA team where teams uh, opposing defenses aren't going to double him. Right? He's going to have matchups where he just has to win his individual matchup. And I think he's shown the ability really um, over the course of his development to hit those tough shots over one-on-one matchups. I think he's going to continue to do that at the NBA level. I also think he has some secondary playmaking skills that, frankly, I don't know if we've seen from Keaton or Jaden, right? It just uh, The problem is the Badgers just didn't have a lot around him. When you start putting better athletes, better scorers, better shooters around Johnny Davis, I think you're going to see some of the playmaking, some of the passing skills that we started to see come out this year really come to life. Right. So I've seen some of the comps they've seen for Johnny Davis. We've seen DeMar DeRozan, another mid-range assassin, a comp that I, I liked kind of liked early in the year. Right. And now this is this is a high, high, high Johnny Davis ceiling. I think there's a little Devin Booker in there. If you squint, like I think there's a little Devin Booker. And where does Devin Booker live? He lives in the mid-range. He lives on on tough shots. Right. He's not an elite, elite athlete. He's a guy with a ton of swagger. He's a guy who. You know, came into the league, built as just a shooter, but really developed as a secondary playmaker, a guy who can make um, one or two passes to really facilitate the offense. I think I think there's some Johnny Davis in there. And I, I like the DeMar DeRozan comp as well as a guy who really lives in the mid-range, you know, can get shots off against tough players um, and win a lot of those isolated one-on-one matchups. So to answer my original question, again, I, I'm really curious what everyone else thinks on this too. So reach out on Twitter, reach out on, on an email. Let, let us know how you would rank these three players uh, if you were picking in an NBA draft. 
For me, I think Johnny Davis goes ahead of Keegan Murray in my book. I just think there's more upside there. I think he's proven that he can take and hit harder shots. I think there's he has a mentality about him that's unique, right? Defensively, he's going to compete. Even even though he he was asked to carry such a high workload offensively this year, he's still a dog on defense. Like he still gets after people, and that's a skill. Believe it or not, working hard is a skill. Like carrying on defense is a skill. And a lot of players don't have that, and a lot of players will never get that. Johnny Davis is already there. I think he can plug into an NBA roster, and you can ask him to play defense and hit open shots. I think for the most part, he can probably do those things right now. Now, the shot making is something he's going to have to continue to improve upon, but I think his ceiling's higher than Keegan, which is why, why I would have, and typically the NBA draft drafts on ceiling. So I'm going to have um, Johnny over Keegan. But I think they're pretty close, and I still have I still have Ivy. Just the athletic ceiling, his ability to hit big shots, pull up threes in transition. Those things are really big in the NBA. He's got to get better defensively. But quite frankly, a lot of players coming out of college got to get better defensively. So I'm going to go Ivy, Davis, Murray again. Would love to know what everyone else thinks. What a year for the Big Ten! Just putting you know multiple high level talent into the, into the draft, and something that we really enjoyed watching this year. Um, and it's something that, quite frankly. It's been a while since we've seen at Wisconsin, you know, so yeah, I would, I would go Davis kind of in that seven, eight, nine range. Um, but reach out to us, let us know what you think and see, tell us if we're wrong or right and, and why. Um, coming up next, guys, we are going to talk a little bit about the, the slowish start to the Wisconsin Badgers football recruiting season. Uh, only one commit right now. If you look at the composite, it is uh, last in the Big Ten. Is this something we should worry about? That's coming up next. But first, today's show is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is one of the best snacks that we've found that you can just throw in your backpack, go to the gym, bang a workout out, and then you have something that's healthy there to kind of replenish your fuel, right? Something that's not a candy bar, something that you know is good for you and you feel good eating. That's the whole purpose of Built Bar. They took something that tasted good and then they found a way to make it healthy. And every built bar has about 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and 17 grams of high quality protein. They're all covered in 100% real chocolate. It is an incredibly good tasting treat that is also really healthy for your body. It's going to be something that's going to keep you coming back again and again and again. And there's a ton of varieties of flavors, you know, mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, white chocolate cookies and cream. Um, you're not going to get sick of it. You buy the variety pack, you get a bunch of different flavors. By the time you cycle through them, you buy another variety pack, and it's a great way to sustain yourself kind of going through this healthy journey that we're all trying to go through in 2022. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste, like we said. You make it delicious, and then they figure out how to make it healthy. If you go to Built Bar, use promo code LOCK15, and you get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15, 15% off your order at Built.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so we wanted to jump in and, and switch gears a little bit. We've been talking basketball. Let's talk football recruiting because so far in the, the 2023 cycle, it's not off to a fast start. And we wanted to, to really discuss 
Is this something to be worried about? Should you be worried about the slow start to Wisconsin's recruiting class? Or will this end up being a typical Wisconsin class? You know, something that is top six, top five in the Big Ten, top four maybe even. Or is this something that this year is probably going to be a bit of a wash? I'm going to give you my thoughts on this. And I know I may be jumping the gun a little bit here, but straight up, yeah, you should be worried. Again, this is only my thoughts. Justin may disagree with me. It's a solo show. But because it's a solo show, I can say what I want to say. Uh, you should be worried. This is not this is not going to be a good a good recruiting class, guys. It's just not going to be. Okay. That doesn't mean we're going to get uh, nothing out of it. Right. I think there's there's several prospects we're on. Tackett Curtis, for example, who's a high, high, high level outside linebacker to Louisiana that we're in a good spot for. High four star kid. You know, he's someone that we could hit. Jackson Culver's a tight end with a lot of good offers. LSU, big six six target we could hit on him. But overall, this is not going to be a strong class. And let me give you some reasons why. And you guys let me know if you disagree with me. Hit me up on Twitter. Let me give you some reasons why. The first is, and I think this is the most obvious, quite frankly. And this is something that's unavoidable. This year's Wisconsin in-state class just isn't very good, right? You compare it to last year when you had that super six, you know, multiple four-star kids, high, high-level recruits. You don't have that this year. There's no four or five-star kids in the state of Wisconsin. And that's the bedrock of every Wisconsin class. So even if everything else was equal, even if we were coming off a great season, right, and we've had a recruiting staff in place for a long time, and we hadn't just hired a bunch of new coaches, even if all of that was equal, you're still not going to do as well without that strong Wisconsin in-state class. It just is what it is. Those, those players always form the bedrock of Wisconsin classes. And it's not to say we won't sign any kids from Wisconsin this year, but there's years we signed five, six, seven kids from Wisconsin with multiple four-stars. It's just not going to happen this year. And that hurts the class, right? And there's, by the way, there's nothing Wisconsin's coaches can do about that. It's just one of them facts of life. Some, some years the in-state class is strong. Some years it's not. And this year it's not. So that's a big factor, guys. And it's unavoidable. Um, it's not to say other Wisconsin kids throughout the cycle, there's probably a kid that will emerge, maybe a couple kids. But the high-level kids, the national-level kids that would have already emerged, that already have offers from the Ohio States, the Notre Dames, the Penn States, the LSUs, those kids just aren't there this class, okay? The other thing is it's been almost a year really since our recruiting department, Saeed Khalif, left from Michigan State, and it still isn't fully back in place, okay? And I know this has been beaten to death ad nauseum on Badger message boards and between fans. Does it matter? Does it matter? I'm here to tell you it probably matters somewhat, right? Otherwise, you wouldn't have a recruiting department. It's got to make some type of difference. And to go almost this entire, and we're finally putting it back together, right? Mickey Turner's in place, and they've talked about the plan, and they want to have three guys monitoring high school kids, someone monitoring the portal, someone doing graphics. That all sounds awesome. That staff isn't really in place yet, right? So for those people, Mickey Turner, I would imagine next year, next year's cycle, you're really going to start to see the full impact of that because they've had a while to get to going. Right now, they're just into those roles, right? It's not fair and not realistic to expect them to just step into those roles and immediately be cranking out um, tons of contacts and have immediate results on the recruiting department. The other thing I talk about is we're also cycling a bunch of new coaches, right? New inside linebackers coach, um, offensive line coach shift over, new running backs coach, new offensive coordinator. You know, the, the Chris Herring's moving special teams to tight ends. There's a bunch of new coaches coming into different spots. Some of these guys like Al Johnson, he's been at the Division II level. He has no recruiting ties. He's not. He hasn't been in on any kids, right, at the Division I level. He's come over to be the running backs coach. He hasn't been recruiting running backs at the Division II level, not at, not at Wisconsin's level. 
You know, it's not like a guy you brought in that already has recruiting contacts and, and players he's been communicating with and ends at major high schools. You know, it's going to take Al Johnson a while to get going. Bobby Ingram's been with the Baltimore Ravens. He has not been recruiting DeMatha, for example, right? It's going to take him a little while he, to build his recruiting board, to reach out to kids, to make contact, to sell his product and his vision. You know, it takes a while. You know, the, um, let's say Bob, Bob Bosta was coaching inside linebackers. You know, he was going to take him a while to reach out to offensive linemen he wants. It's just, I think there's a lot of moving parts here. Okay. And I like a lot of the parts. I don't like all of them, but for the most part, I like a lot of the parts. I like Bobby Ingram coming in. I think it's not going to result in instant recruiting success, right? Uh, I like uh, Mickey Turner moving to the recruiting department and filling that out, but that's not even filled out yet. So I think there's a lot of reasons you can look at this and say this year's in-state class, the coaches moving around, new coaches without recruiting ties coming in, and really the lack of a recruiting department for the last almost a year, and it's still not in place. I think all of these are going to play a factor, and it's going to result in a class that, yeah, is not going to be quite as good as Badger fans expect. And that's that's not a disaster, by the way. Like, I don't want to be alarmist and, and make that sound like the, the sky is falling. It's okay. You know, we've had a couple really good classes, the 2020 class, for example, the 21 class, the 19 class. You know, so we have young talent on the roster. It's a deep team. And we're still going to hit on guys in this class that are important. Like me saying that this is not going to be a highly rated class, most likely, does not mean we're not going to have a bunch of impact or, or potential contributors out of it. And there's still high level players the Badgers are on, right? I mentioned Tat Curtis, Jackson Culver. There's still players that was Tyler Gant, the strong side defensive end, is another one that's a pretty well thought of player that we have a, a very good chance with. You know, there's still going to be players out of this class that become really effective Badgers. I just think the the ceiling of it, the upper level of this class is probably going to be lacking a little bit for all the reasons I pointed out. Now, you could say I'm jumping the gun on this. Let's wait till after summer visits. Sure, that's, that's certainly possible. Um, but I think if you read the tea leaves, if you're honest and you read the tea leaves, you can kind of see where this class might be headed. Now, that doesn't mean it can't take a course correction. By the way, it's also a fact of right now the class is 14th out of 14th in the Big Ten. I mean, I didn't even bring that up, but everything I've been kind of talking about, it's also aligning with where the class is currently, right? Wisconsin is dead last in the Big Ten right now. There's We have one recruit, Tyler Jancy. Uh, we're last in basically every real metric. Um, so. Yeah, the, the results are bearing this out as well. Hopefully it turns around a little bit. Um, I Like I said, I don't think it's going to be a class that's bereft of talent or, or playmakers. I'm sure there's going to be people that emerge from this class that outplay the rankings like they do every year at Wisconsin. But yeah, I, if you're going to ask my opinion on it, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a little light. All right, guys. Well, as always, thank you so much for listening. Uh, a bunch of stuff coming up. We're going to talk more spring football, a bunch more um, news and notes that are emerging out of that. And the transfer portal's Hitting, hitting hot and heavy in basketball, and a lot of targets Wisconsin's in on. So stay tuned for all of that coming up as well. Thanks, as always, for listening to Locked On Badgers. You can reach out to us at LockedOnBadgers at gmail.com or on Twitter at LockedOnBadgers. Thanks again for making Locked On Badgers your first listen every day. Continue tuning in to Locked On Badgers for the stretch run um, of spring football and going into the transfer market. Now make uh, Locked On NFL Draft your second listen. Ryan Tracy and former NFL quarterback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.